welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today I'm here to do a discussion podcast with our brand new co-host. I'm your host, of course, Matthew, and joining me today, like I've just said, Entertainment Talk's new co-host, uh, Barry, is with me here today. How are you doing, Barry? I'm very well, thank you. Just uh, glad to be doing this. I've actually wanted to do a podcast now for quite some time, just uh unfortunately due to differing circumstances um plans have fell through so uh, i'm just happy to be doing this cool excellent um like i said on twitter in the last couple of days i'll hope i hope you'll all welcome uh barry with uh open arms and everything and you know wel- welcome him to entertainment talk and everything uh, i certainly think he's ready to to do this uh, of course this is is this is his uh first podcast so you know, we'll, we'll see how Barry gets along, but uh, I'm sure you'll you'll do very very well. Uh, we've had a lot of like audio conversations and stuff, and to be honest, you could you, we could probably have made four or five podcasts out of those uh, over the last couple of months. Uh, that that would have been that would have been kind of cool. Uh, so we're gonna have we, we're gonna be having similar conversations today as as what we've had in the last couple of months, but. Uh, there's three things we're going to focus on today, all spoiler free, of course. Although some of the things we're going to talk about aren't out for another year, such as the Batman. Because uh, of course we can't spoil that film because it's not out, and we'd always give you spoiler warnings anyway. Um, but uh, we're both big uh, kind of DC fans. We're both big Batman fans, which is good because uh, Matt Reeves shared a little something recently, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but we're going to talk about DC today. We're going to talk about some horror stuff, and then we're going to give some some brief thoughts on uh, the new Netflix series called The Stranger, which just came out I think like a couple of weeks ago or so. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that today. But, uh, first of all, I want to jump to the Batman. We're both very much looking forward to it. Of course, Matt Reeves is the Batman. Uh, he's, he's, he's directing it and everything. Robert Pattinson is going to be Batman and Bruce Wayne, of course. Uh, some of you are happy about that. Some of you aren't. We're here to discuss all of that as well. Um, so before we get to the, well, the sort, the sort of reveal of, of the suit, which we saw, what was it, like a couple of days ago, maybe? It wasn't too long ago, was it? That, that we yeah, saw that three four days now I yeah, yeah. Few, a few days ago uh let's run through the cast list first because there's some people that you know better than i do and there's some people that i know better than you do so we can kind of uh, run through everyone today uh of course we've got robert pattinson as the batman as bruce wayne himself we've got zoe kravitz as catwoman selena carl we've got jeffrey wright as commissioner gordon uh as well we've got paul dano as the riddler Colin Farrell as Penguin, Andy Serkis as Alfred, uh, John Turturro, I believe that's how his name, uh, Carmine Falcone, uh, Peter Sarsgaard as Gil Coulson, and then uh, Jamie uh, Lawson in an undisclosed role. I think that was the one that they announced a couple of months ago. It was like, hey, we're kind of secretly, quietly casting this woman in this film, but we're not telling you who she is. Uh, I think that's uh, the, the same actress, so... Um, yeah, how do you think Robert Pattinson is going to do as the Batman, as uh, as Bruce Wayne? I think Robert Pattinson's a great actor, very underrated actor. Um, unfortunately, most people just kind of know him as the Twilight guy. Yeah, uh, this is the guy that has proved he's got some real acting chops. Um, uh, certainly, if you've seen films like Highlight, The Lighthouse, alongside Willem Dafoe, once again proved that this guy has got real acting chops. Um, I'll be completely honest, I, I've got the utmost faith in him um, and Matt Reeves as the director of this film. Yeah, I, I think Robert Pattinson's got the potential to make a great Batman. Um, I certainly, Like I said, he's certainly got the acting ability for it. Um, I'll admit, at first, I was a little, I was a little hesitant. You know, I, I was struggling to kind of envision him as a young Bruce Wayne and so forth. 
but the more I've seen of him, he's done a lot of good independent stuff. And uh, yeah, I think that I think I mean, I, I'm still kind of somewhat disappointed that we're not getting Ben Affleck as Batman. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I actually thought that Ben Affleck actually made a good Batman. Um, unfortunately, I don't necessarily think he had the best material to work with. And it's still it's still rather frustrating and disappointing that we never actually got a solo Ben Affleck film. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a version of the DC universe, well, just a a DC universe uh, that we won't get, unfortunately. So, um, but uh, that's that's kind of the way it is. Uh, you did you see the Lighthouse? I can't remember if you said that you'd seen it. I did. Um, I I highly highly rated it. I thought the Lighthouse was 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 a great film. Uh, much like the director Eggers' previous film, The Witch, it was a horror film that was certainly very psychological, um, not not easily accessible. And I thought that Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson they 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 carried that entire film. Mm-hmm. And I think the the choice to actually film that movie in black and white as well was a very wise decision. It only added to the film's sense of atmosphere and and creepiness. I really love the film's sense of isolation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I went to look for it recently because I remember you you said to me that it was out like at the end of January, which is the release date that I've kind of seen as well. It's now the eighteenth of February. Um, I was looking for it uh, like a couple of days ago, and um, weirdly it came up that like oh it's showing at this other venue near you. I clicked on that. And then it said uh, release date, you know, 31st of January 2020. I thought, oh, it must be, you know, okay, it's, it's been out for a couple of weeks or whatever. And then they had no showings for it. So it seems to unfortunately have kind of just not been getting very wide uh, release in terms of, um, you know, the, the, the film's release and everything. So that's a bit of a shame. I do really want to go and see it. I've heard a lot of good, uh, uh, had a lot of um, good things about it from people that have seen it and stuff, like you and, and, and a couple of other people. And I really would like to see Pattinson in, because I can't recall seeing him in too many other th- things other than Twilight, because, um, yeah, just, it, it's kind of been some more un- indie films that he's done and some things that have flown a bit more under the radar and stuff which is a bit of a shame but uh, i'm sure eventually i'll see it you know it, it'll end up somewhere sometime i suppose uh so i'll see it eventually but uh yeah I, i'm sure i'll see that probably before the batman i don't think it'll be that long before before i see it because we're talking what june july next year i it's think really, yeah uh july july next year the batman's released i mean you've got to bear in mind as well i mean this film was announced quite some time back and it's yeah. been it's been three years since mm. Matt Reeves was actually revealed as directing this movie. Um, so obviously the original script that Ben Affleck wrote was actually basically thrown out the window. Matt Reeves wanted to write yeah. an entirely new script, which obviously they've spent a lot of time on. So, you know, I can't, I have to say that my expectations for this film as a Batman fan and as Matt Reeves as a director, Matt Reeves has proved himself to be a really efficient director. If you've seen films like Dawn of the Apes and War of the Apes, mm-hmm. two great films that, uh, yeah, my expectations are, are pretty high because um, obviously Ben Affleck was going to be the one directing this movie. Yeah, he was going to do like all of it, wasn't he? So he, he was, he was going to, and then he, he come along and he said that, no, he's not going to direct the film, but he's still going to be Batman. And then it was only a few months after that, that he basically revealed that he's no longer going to be Batman. He, he, he had a lot of personal issues going on at the time. 
And uh, I think that the DCU certainly at that point in time was really struggling to find any kind of solid footing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it was kind of getting a lot of bad press. And uh, I mean, I, I'm just really excited for for this film is uh, what Matt Reeves is trying to do is actually a noir style Batman film that's more detective driven. It's going to be a very detective driven story. Now, you know, for anyone that's a comic fan, a Batman fan, they know that Batman is, you know, the world's greatest detective. But we've never really got to see much of Batman's detective abilities on the big screen before. It's been very limited. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm actually looking forward to that as- aspect of the character actually being brought to the big screen. Yeah, that should be pretty exciting. So, because usually it's been you know action scenes and then uh, just some other, literally most other things that he can do other than the de- the uh, detective stuff. So, uh, right, let's go through the rest of the cast. You said you didn't know too much about Zoe Kravitz. Um, I have, I have, I'd uh, yeah, I'd I'd heard of her. Um, mm-hmm. I've never actually seen her in anything but from what you've told me and from what i've read online and so forth she seems to be a very young up-and-coming actress um great acting ability she certainly looks the part i have to say that she's certainly photogenic Uh, catwoman is my favorite dc female character i'm a huge catwoman fan and i'm really hoping that they can bring that very complicated relationship between batman and catwoman to the big screen in this film yeah yeah i trust both zoe and robert to be able to do that uh yeah i've recently seen um zoe kravitz in seasons one and two of um big little lies i almost said something because there's there's so many there's so many shows that have got lies and big in them uh i almost just mixed it up for something else um because i i remember when i said to you about zoe kravitz before and i accidentally said pretty little lies for some reason but it's uh big little lies the hbo show uh which was obviously on sky atlantic over here as well ran for two seasons don't know if we're getting a third one because it was only supposed to be one season anyway but uh she was one of the i'll just say really main characters in uh, the first two seasons she was on screen with people like mel mel streep uh reese witherspoon um who was the woman from the uh no that was the, the that was the woman who was in the uh the morning show so some other people as well that uh that she was on screen with and uh she wasn't exactly one of the uh, quieter actresses on the show. She really kind of stood her ground among some, you know, some of the best in the in in the business uh, that that were in there. So when I, when I heard that she was cast, I was quite excited for that. And uh, you know, not everybody watched you know Big Little Lies, but I'm sure a lot of people are at least going to check out the Batman. And I just kind of hope that once every once other people who haven't seen that show and other things that she's been in. Uh, really kind of get to see uh, what this woman can do and uh, hopefully it just hopefully it just leads to more and and bigger work for her because she really deserves it you know when you you know when you see an actor or an actress like that that sort of you've seen them in something kind of small ish and then they get like a big break in a big film the batman in this instance in this case uh, and you kind of just hope like that that person just gets recognized so much more so i i hope that she kind of falls into that category of you know, someone who's been in a couple of little things here and there, and people do like know her and stuff, but obviously not everybody's seen everything she's been in, and aren't quite fully aware of her. So hopefully she does get a a big chance from that as well. So because uh, I'm sure Catwoman's going to be very uh, prominent in this film as well. But um, she, she certainly, I mean, Catwoman yeah. is one of the most iconic female characters in the history of popular culture. I mean, most people know Catwoman. She's got a lot to live up to because obviously the one version that everyone knows and most people love is michelle pfeiffer's catwoman from batman returns mm-hmm. uh, yeah 
let's put it this way, Zoe Kravitz, I haven't actually seen it yet, but she's not going to be worse than Halle Berry's Catwoman, is she? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, that movie is an abomination. Um, that That is certainly, a, the 2004 film is certainly a strong contender for worst comic book movie of all time. Yeah. Certainly. Mm-hmm. A good to be honest, I don't quite remember much of it, which just goes along with what you were saying about it being bad. So, I'm still, I'm yeah, still I'm still having therapy for it. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> right, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to, uh, like I said, I mean, I actually think that Batman and Catwoman are arguably the only couple out there in 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 the history of comic books that I would put up there with Batman and Catwoman is probably Lois Lane, Superman. Yeah. Yeah. They are the two most iconic couples in comic books. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing, and hopefully, um, like I said, I mean, I can't really comment on Zoe Kravitz, but I know Robert Pattinson's a really good actor, and I'm hoping they've got a lot of on-screen chemistry. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, Commissioner Gordon. Do you know much about Jeffrey Wright? Actually, I don't. I really know him as Felix Leiter in the new James Bond movies. Um, okay. Obviously, I've actually seen Westworld, the TV show. I'm a big fan of the original 73 film, but yeah, I haven't haven't seen the TV series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's probably what I most know him from, the uh, you know Westworld, HBO, uh, Skylantic, TV, Skylantic uh, TV series, which is coming back in about a month or so, 15th of March or 16th, one of those days. Um, uh, but yeah, he obviously plays uh, Bernard on that show, Jeffrey Wright, and he's going to be uh, Commissioner Gordon. I'm really looking forward to seeing that, and obviously he's going to have a close relationship with... Um, with uh oh no i was thinking of bob gordon for some reason i just complete i've just completely in my head mixed up two different characters so n- never mind about that um but uh yeah it's going to be interesting to see how he how he does in the role i think he's going to do really really good and um yeah i think he's i think he's a great choice like as soon as i that was another one that like as soon as i kind of heard it i was like yep they've uh, they've got that one right again so uh that's going to be very interesting as well and obviously you've got the the relationship between him and bruce and or batman uh you know in, in the early years because this is supposed to be like year zero year one kind of territory isn't it yeah. what I, from what i've read recently this is obviously this is very much bruce wayne yeah in his early years as batman um from what yeah. i've read recently this is actually his second year as batman so he's still trying to find solid footing mm-hmm. in the world um, but again, uh, the relationship between Batman and Jim Gordon is one of the great relationships in comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from Alfred and, let's say, you know, Dick Grace and Nightwing, uh, you know, Jim Gordon is actually one of Batman's closest friends and allies. And uh, from what I've seen of Jeffrey Wright, he, he is a solid actor, a very good actor. I think yep. it's a great piece of casting. Yeah, so uh, we'll see how that gets on as well. But you've got that kind of earlier um, Bruce Batman and Jim Gordon kind of relationship to where, like, they sort of start to, tr- to trust each other a little bit and, like, they're not really supposed to work together, but they know it's probably a, a great idea because, obviously, he sees the, the good in Batman and all that. And then, um, obviously, you've got you've got to really have a classic kind of Jim's talking to Batman, he turns around and Batman's gone. Uh, that's a very kind of classic uh, Batman thing to do, so... Uh, we'll probably see that in there as well. I mean, we even got that in Gotham. So um, we'll see how that plays out in the Batman uh, next year as well. Uh, we've got Paul Dano as the Riddler. I've got to admit, I don't really know much about Paul, about Paul Dano. I think this is this is one of the cast members that you know a bit more about. 
This is a guy I'm very excited to see. Uh, this is a guy that has certainly proved he's got acting chops. Um, if you've seen There Will Be Blood, the 2007 film, he starred alongside Daniel Day-Lewis, who is one of the greatest actors in Hollywood, and he held his own. Um, how he was not Oscar nominated for that performance in that film, I do not know. Uh, he was also great in the, uh, I believe it was the 2013 film called Prisoners, uh, with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. Paul Dano was great in that. Little Miss Sunshine, again, one of his earlier films. Um, Riddler, I, I think it's perfect casting. Mm-hmm. Um, not only is this guy a good actor, um, he looks like Nygma. He looks like the Riddler. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quite funny. I, I think it's a great, fantastic piece of casting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see how uh, how he does as well. Um, Colin Farrell as the Penguin. I'm sure I've seen him in some stuff. He's one of the faces where, like, I think I've seen him in a bunch of things, but just can't quite uh, pinpoint him. Uh, how about you, for Colin Farrell as uh, Penguin? Yeah, Colin Farrell is one of them big-name Hollywood actors. Um, I like Colin Farrell. I think Colin Farrell is a good actor. I wouldn't say he's one of the guys that necessarily always gets the best film roles or the best films. Um, you know, we're not going to talk about Bullseye, the two from the 2003 Dead <laughs> film. But, uh, it, 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 it wasn't a good film. We won't really talk about that. But uh, as Oswald Cobblepot Penguin, I'll be honest. I'll be completely honest here. I like Farrell. I I'm struggling to see it. He he's the one person I'm kind of struggling with. Um, obviously, I think Matt Reeves and Warner Brothers are looking to give us kind of a fresh incarnation of the character that we've not seen on the big screen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are just kind of minor little nitpicks because Oswald Cobblepot is four foot ten. Colin Farrell's five ten. He's clearly a foot taller. Um, so I I, I, I don't know. Um, he's he's certainly got. He's a good actor, but. Uh, the whole thing with Oswald Cobblepot, the penguin, he has what you'd call Napoleon complex. He has little man syndrome. Mm-hmm. What he lacks in stature, he likes to make up for the top hat and the big umbrella. Um, <laughs> so I, I yeah. see him, Farrell, being kind of a more of a traditional, just a traditional mob boss, much like Carmine Falcone, who obviously is also in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's maybe just one in the cast for you that's like you're not quite sure, but obviously he could still, you know, impress you and, and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I'm uh, reading from you. I kind of thought it was a bit of a joke at first. When Colin Farrell was mentioned, I was like, this has got to be a joke. Um, but, you know, I've got, we'll, we'll wait and see. I can't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not somebody to convict someone before I've actually seen them on screen. Sure. Um, yeah. But it's the one piece, yeah, it's definitely the one piece of casting I'm a little on the fence with. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Andy Circus as Alfred Pennyworth. This is one for me where I'm like, okay, I don't quite fully see that, but I, I could see a way that it works. But that was that was. I'm on this. I'm on, almost on the same page as you, and like what you just said about with uh, Conor Farrell as Penguin, but more with Andy Serkis as Alfred Pennyworth. There's this part of me where I, I I sort of heard about that and I was like, oh, okay, that doesn't quite make sense, but I sort of trust the casting that they've been doing so far because that was one of the later announcements, wasn't it, uh, Andy Serkis as, as uh, Alfred. Um, so that was one I didn't sort of quite see, but again, you know, if he if he is, shows up on screen and he's great and he does the role he's, he's, he, he's supposed to do, then I'll give him credit where credit is due next year i suppose um how do you feel about andy circus as uh alfred well now that you meant i mean the thing is with andy circus i mean I re- again i really like andy circus he's a really mm-hmm. likable 
mean, the guy's the king of motion capture. You know, yeah. C- yeah. Caesar, uh, yeah. But, but again, um, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not actually as enthusiastic about it as I probably should be. I really like him. But do, do you know one actor I think would have been perfect as, as Alfred? I don't know if his name has ever even cropped up, if they've ever even considered it. I'd love to see Ralph Fiennes as Alfred. Fiennes. I, Let me look I mean, him up. He would be perfect. Um, yeah, he he's British. He's very debonair. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, oh, yeah and, I've seen him uh, seen him a couple of times before. Yeah. Well, he actually plays M in the uh, in the new Bond movies. Mm-hmm. Ralph, he's a very established actor, great actor. With Andy Serkis, um, I wouldn't say I'm as dubious about the casting as i am colin farrell colin farrell but yeah I, I again when it was first announced that he was alfred i wasn't yeah i i wasn't too uh what's the term i'm looking for i wasn't overly excited for mm-hmm. i yeah. think alfred i don't actually think alfred's gonna have too large for a role in this film anyway Right, because it really kind of needs to, you know, cement Robert as, uh, as Batman. So, um, that's why it makes me laugh about people saying like, "Oh, where's Nightwing and and uh, Robin?" It's like just let just let Robert set himself first as Batman before you go introducing the Bat family. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, John Tur. I said his name correctly earlier. Now I can't say it properly. John Turo Turo. Yeah, uh, as Carmine Falcone, I think that's a great bit of casting. Uh, that was one that I looked at, and like as soon as that was announced, I was like, "Yeah, I can't, that that pretty much makes sense to me." So, um, what do you think? Love John Turturro. Uh, I think it's a good piece of casting, and I'm really glad because, like I said, this is Batman in his second year, mm-hmm. taking on the mob bosses before Batman's taken on a lot of his. I mean, from what I know, a lot of the villains in this film, pretty much most of Batman's rogues are actually established villains. So Batman possibly has encountered a lot of these villains already, but Carmine Falcone was one of the very first villains that Batman ever took on. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he was played by Tom Wilkinson in Batman Begins in 2005, and obviously it, it's going to be probably taking elements from um, the likes of Batman Year One and even Batman Begins, which in itself took elements from uh, Frank Miller's Batman Year One. So I think it's a good piece of casting, and I'm just glad that this is going to be a very grounded Batman film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that, the basic mob bosses um, like Carmine Falcone. I mean, I don't believe Sal Marone is in the film, though, is he? He's not on this casting list that I'm looking at. So, uh, Yeah, because Sal Marone was another one of the big mob bosses that, that, that Batman took on. Um, really happy with that casting, actually. I'm glad that he's in there. Cool. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard as a Gil or Jill Coulson. Got to be honest, I'm not quite... Who is that supposed to be? Um, Okay, um, Gil Coulson is... uh, He was actually a very corrupt, very bent copper that uh, in um, in Frank Miller's Batman year, he was a copper that Jim Gordon teamed up with. And he really kind of showed Jim Gordon the brute way of life, you know, and... uh, yeah, again, I like Sarsgaard as an actor. Really like the guy as an actor. Because uh, I know there was a lot of rumours floating around on the internet saying that he was going to be Harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, obviously, 
be I don't believe Harvey Dent's actually in the film or if he is they certainly haven't announced it right um but uh yeah it would be again it's kind of it, it makes perfect sense to have that character in the film because Batman year one was basically Bruce Wayne's first year as Batman, kind of the early years of Batman. So yeah, it makes perfect sense for a character like Gil to, to be in. But again, I, I kind of expect it to be a pretty minor role. I don't actually expect him to have that much in the way of screen time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Um, and the last one we have in an undisclosed, undisclosed role, rather, uh, Jamie, uh, Lawson. Now, a lot of people said this might be Barbara Gordon, of course, which was who I was meaning to talk about earlier. Uh, when I said about Jeffrey Wright's relationship with the character, but I mixed that up with Catwoman somehow. But uh, yeah, Jamie Lawson possibly as Barbara Gordon, uh, Batgirl, maybe some sort of post-credit scene where she's uh, something, maybe. Um, do you think she could be uh, Barbara Gordon, possibly? I, th- um, I definitely thought there was the possibility of it, but then I, I only read something a few days ago that I thought they'd actually revealed as to what character she's playing now. I never saw and, that, uh, so I'm not sure. I may, I may be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a character created specifically for this film. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I would have definitely have said that, yes, I would have said Barbara Gordon was a certain possibility, um, which... I would have been all for, you know, if Barbara Gordon's in the film, just have a very small role, um, right. you know, yeah. scene, a cameo, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like I said earlier, you hit the nail on the head. Pattinson, they need to seriously cement his role as Batman in this yeah, film. That's the uh, most important part, really. So, this is his film. There should be no Robin or anything like that. And obviously, <laughs> if this this film proves to be this film proves to be successful and does well. Um, then obviously, if it goes ahead with the planned trilogy, which I know is obviously it's the plan at the moment, yeah. uh, then obviously maybe introduce the character by the third movie. But I don't want Warner Brothers to put all of their eggs into one basket too soon. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like a scene maybe where, like, let's say Jim Jim Gordon's at home, he's in his front room or living room, whatever you want to call it, and, like, he gets a call, there's been, I don't know, something's happened, right? And, like, let's say Barbara is on her laptop, maybe, like, investigating Batman. Because it's to do with the way, at least from what I believe, again, there might be, like, different versions of the character and stuff. She gets influenced by Batman, doesn't she? And then uh, goes to become Batgirl later on, at least from what I understand. So maybe, like, you could, I'm, I'm kind of envisioning a scene where, like, Jim Gordon's at home, he's like, maybe he's watching the news or whatever, he gets a call from, you know, one of his, uh, uh, you know, p- people at work or whatever, and, like, he has to leave because there's some sort of crime or something's happened, and, like, he just goes to quickly see, like, Barbara, and then, like, just say, hey, I'm gonna, you know, there's been a call, I'm gonna go out maybe, and, like, you know, go and investigate whatever this thing is, and then maybe you get a glimpse of, like, her, like, researching Batman or something, and then you, you just c- kind of cut it there that wouldn't be her only scene necessarily but i can envision that as a scene as a way to show like okay she's investigating batman she's looking into all this this is a hint towards the future it's not showing her as batgirl or anything like that or giving her like you know a 20 minute dialogue scene just a quick little thing where like he he that they both acknowledge you know each other or whatever and we acknowledge the fact that like she's looking up batman because obviously you know he, he would obviously be in the news and that sort of thing um the, the vigilante stuff and all that and uh i think that could be pretty good what do you think of maybe if they did not maybe not beat for beat that kind of thing but something along those lines do you think that might be good 
Yeah, I think I, th- I think that could certainly work. You know, um, as long as you know, as long as cameos and characters aren't thrown in for the sake of it, and uh, right. you know, purely to ease the comic fans and so forth. I like it when there's like a an actual kind of justifiable reason as to why the character is in that film. Mm-hmm. rather than just you know so people are sitting there and saying oh look it's that character from that cotton um but yeah i think that could that could certainly work yeah um, just, just a little plant I mean, the seed he, kind of thing you know yeah yeah um the, the problem is as well i mean i wouldn't say it's a problem because obviously marvel have done marvel have done a fantastic disney have done a great job with this you know with carefully constructing their cinematic universe but not everything needs to be connected mm-hmm. um yeah you know you can make great standalone films you could make a batman film that isn't connected to any other film i mean sure you could do a sequel in a few you know a couple of years or so or whatever um but everything seems to be connected there's so many shared universes now and which is all well and good if you can execute it well but at the same time it it, it, it can cause problems it can cause a lot of continuity errors mm-hmm. um and sometimes some of these cinematic universes can try and be a little bit too kind of clever for their own good but you know i mean i'm sure we'll talk about this at a later date but i think that kind of happened with i mean we've talked about this before with batman v superman i think that's kind of what happened with that film mm-hmm. yeah um but uh yeah we'll see how the casting goes when when, when would your guess be as to us seeing like a teaser trailer possibly I believe we'll probably be getting a teaser trailer by the end of the year, November, December time. Okay. So, not, so you don't think there'll be anything at Comic-Con in the summer? Or do you think that's a bit too not, early, possibly? I think that's a little too early. I think we'll definitely be getting some little hints. We might certainly be getting some news on the film. But not, as for an official teaser trailer, no, I think it will probably be a bit too soon. I'd say by November, December time, an, a, an official teaser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of little teasers that we've had already, um, what did you think of Matt Reeves showing off a little bit of the Batman suit? We haven't seen all of it, of course. We've basically seen what the chest, a very small part of the cape, sort sort of, and obviously the cowl and uh, you know his you know all that sort of stuff. Um, what did you think of uh, that little reveal from Matt Reeves? Okay, well, I um, I mean it was completely unexpected. I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah, kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> To be honest. No, I wasn't expecting it. So, so I was actually expecting, and I'm glad this didn't happen, but I was expecting some some picture put online of somebody with a mobile phone taking a leaked photo on yeah. set or something. Yeah, that's what really I was expecting as well. Um, okay, well, this, this footage, I loved the footage. I loved the, the, the red lighting. I loved the music. That's actually a sample of the score from the Batman film coming out, and I absolutely mm-hmm. love that music. Um, I'm not going to lie, I, I wasn't, from what I've seen, I mean, bearing in mind this isn't actual footage from the film, this is just kind of, you know, test footage and yeah. so um, I wasn't in love with it, but I didn't I didn't hate it either. It certainly, it didn't have the same impact on me as what, say, the very first image of Ben Affleck when he wore the cape and cow, when that very first image of him came online. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, was, I was super excited. Um, but uh, it, it's clear to me, though, that the 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 bat suit that we've got in this film is clearly borrowing um, some elements, some inspiration from the likes of some graphic novels like Batman Noel and uh, Batman Zero. Yeah, it actually looks like it's a makeshift bat suit. 
that Bruce Wayne may have actually put together himself. If you look closely, you can actually see the stitching. Yeah. Um, I know that this has caused, you know, there's a lot of people talking about it looks like cheap cosplay, etc. And the cow looks way too big for, for Pattinson's head, etc. Um, I firmly believe there's a chance that there's going to be more than one bat suit in this film. Yeah, I, I kind of would have thought of this suit as like, you know, in some of like the Spider-Man films where like Peter would make like his first little suit and it would be this rubbish little thing. Not saying this suit is rubbish, but like a, a little homemade kind of suit. And then someone else comes along and helps him like make something else. You know, probably Alfred yeah. will help him make another suit or something. Give it, give him like an upgrade. Because obviously he's, yeah. he's going to be in the film. Um, So I, I would kind of see it going down that route that like maybe... If they keep, like, some sort of similar model of this, but, like, an upgraded version, which he gets in, like, maybe it's, like, the final act of the film or, like, in the middle of the film or something. Like, there would be a specific story beat to where, like, you know, the suits will maybe battered up or something, and then Alfred maybe goes over to him and is like, hey, got this upgrade, it's got this and that and the other, and it looks maybe similar, but just, like, a really upgraded kind of version sort of thing. I could, I can envision maybe something like that happening. So, we'll see. Yeah. 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 I think definitely, yeah, there's definitely the chance that Batman could could make modifications to the Batsuit, but Mm -hmm. it's just early footage. I mean, you can't, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to judge it too much because, I mean, we've not actually seen actual footage from the films yet. We've not seen an official trailer yet, but um, I've I've still got, I mean, to me, the Batsuit isn't going to make or break the film. I mean, I'd love to see a comic accurate. I'd love to see a bat suit that looks awesome, obviously, but um, I don't think it's going to make or break the film because I mean, this this causes some controversy when I say this. But I love I love the Dark Knight, um, you know, and Batman Begins. But I'll be honest, I was never a huge fan of the bat suit that Christian Bale wore in the Dark Knight. I loved the film. I thought Christian Bale was a great actor, great in the role, but I didn't love the bat suit in that film. Mm-hmm. If I'm honest, I I do think there's been better bat suits than that. That's not like one of the worst ones, but it, it's it's one where when I look at that film overall, you know, specifically the Dark Knight, that is one of the slightly weaker points to me. Is maybe that suit? Uh, it, it doesn't you know ruin the film too much for me or anything, but it is. I, I I would agree with you, but maybe in like a slightly different way that it is perhaps one of that film's uh, slightly weaker points. But it, again, it just doesn't take too much away from the film. So. Uh, there's that. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I think it looks. I think it looks good for what it's trying to do. Again, I just, I do think this is like maybe one of his first suits. He'll get it damaged at some point, and he'll Alfred will give him an upgrade, or, or Lucius if he gets cast later down the line, because he's the one that helps. Uh, he helps um, Bruce as well, didn't he? Or, or more of like the tech side and that sort of thing. So we'll see if uh, if something happens with that. Um, anything else you want to discuss with the Batman? Uh, well, I was just going to quickly say, actually, uh, because obviously with the uh, the bat logo on the bat suit, right, it looks the whole gun out. thing, yeah, yeah. The, the, the first two things I actually thought of were that this kind of like hark back, I you know, thoughts of Arkham Arkham Knight with that kind of metallic almost bat suit. Mm-hmm. But then there was uh, there was an issue of Detective Comics, I believe it was actually issue one thousand, um, a brand new Batman story in which Bruce Wayne actually tracked down the very gun that shot his parents in Prime Alley. And he actually molded the gun down and actually made it into part of his bat suit, made it into the bat symbol. Now, there's a lot of rumours floating around that this may actually be the case for this film because it does look 
it looks very metallic and so forth. Yeah, so I'm it looks just... like it could be like that. So yeah, yeah. So you know, as a symbolic meaning, you know that he his parents obviously are very close to his heart. You know, in that kind of uh, symbolic gesture, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that as well. It's an interesting little thing. It's not something I've uh, until you kind of mentioned because we talked about of this obviously uh, this a couple of days ago uh, when we first saw this little teaser, thing, this little screen footage thing um, that Matt Reeves put out, and you kind of mentioned the because I didn't know about the whole detective comics molding down the gun sort of thing. So it's pretty interesting to to kind of learn about that as well. So um, yeah, we won't know for another not quite a year and a half. It's a bit less than that. A, a year and a few months uh what this film's gonna um be like when it when it comes out obviously we'll see a trailer at some point we don't know exactly when possibly at the end of the year like barry said but um uh we shall see um what we're gonna do now um is take a quick little break and then we're gonna go into uh some dceu rankings there's of course eight films uh we've both put them into little lists and we're gonna tell you which is best and worst and why and all that sort of thing so um you don't need to press anything or do anything just keep listening and we'll be back in a minute Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the, in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Uh, Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, a couple of other bits of content. Um, I have just seen and reviewed Parasite, by the way. Uh, I know I didn't really sort of announce it or whatever, but uh, yeah, I've uh, recorded the podcast on that. It's not been edited or uploaded yet, so expect that around the same time that this podcast will be uploaded as well. Uh, So look out for that. That's, of course, the uh, Korean... um, Oscar, I almost said BAFTA, Oscar winner for Best Picture, so I uh, went and saw that today, but uh, continuing with the streaming service reviews, uh, this week I took a look at Amazon, last week I took a look at Netflix, and next week I'm going to be taking a look at Now TV, which is the cheaper version of Sky, uh, so if you want to know my thoughts on Amazon and Netflix as a streaming service, as an app, that sort of thing, uh, you can check those out, uh, United Cast did that today, May United beat Chelsea 2-0 away, so that was good to see as well, uh, let's play Sundays for Skyrim VR, 
so you can go and have a look at me playing some Skyrim in VR. Film reviews, I went to see Sonic, did a spoiler-free, spoiler-spit review on that. Uh, discussing new co-host podcast, that's not really quite so relevant because we're already here recording the podcast with the new co-host. Uh, but you can, of course, listen to that if you want to, I guess, find out more or whatever. Uh, we've also got gaming talk. Last week we talked about Crash Bandicoot is getting a new mobile game, so we talked about that. We talked about Anthem is going to be getting revamped from uh, EA and from Bioware. And Twin Breaker, the Sacred Symbols uh, PlayStation podcast game, of course, run by Colin and Chris. They're going to be making a, a Twin Breaker video game, so we talked about that. Uh, Netflix review, I've already discussed that. Last week on TV talk, um, I had Bex Trista from Trista Bites, of course, from YouTube and Twitch. Uh, we talked about The Outsider, Russian Doll, Defiance, Bojack Horseman, and a couple of a couple of other shows as well. All spoiler-free, and uh, it was great to have Bex on that episode. Another Let's Play Sunday's episode for Star Trek Bridge Crew VR. Uh, Good Talk for the Good Place series wrap-up podcast with me and David. And, of course, we've got preview podcasts for The Walking Dead Season 10B and Better Call Saul Season 5, both of which are actually starting their new seasons next week. So uh, you can get involved over there. Um, Cool. So we're going to get into our DCEU rankings. I've got mine in front of me. I'd like to go first, so I think I'm going to go and do that. Uh, so we've got eight films, of course. This doesn't include The Joker because it's not part of the DCEU, as we already know. Uh, so number eight, I've got Suicide Squad. Of course, we're going to be getting a new version soon from James Gunn. Is that next year or is that the year after? 2021, I think. Uh, Suicide, Suicide Squad. Next year. Yeah. Next year. Okay. Uh, from James Gunn, of course, the director for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and all that sort of thing. But yeah, Suicide Squad, the first one, that made money. Didn't exactly do well critically wise or you know commercially critically that sort of thing. Um, and uh, I I just kind of think once the new version of the Suicide Squad comes out, we can kind of forget this version a little bit because uh, it will just kind of overtake it, I suppose. So that's number eight. Uh, Aquaman. I almost forgot it on this list when I was writing out the list because I kind of forgot about it. Um, you know, it's not necessarily a bad film, it's just in terms of my personal rankings and that sort of thing, not a film that was uh, my cup of tea, let's just say that. Um, I think it did some, some good stuff in terms of, you know, Jason Momoa as Aquaman, it made a billion dollars, so it did pretty well, but just what wasn't quite my cup of tea, I'm not sure if Aquaman even is quite my cup of tea, but that film wasn't, so... That's that's my thoughts on Aquaman. Uh, number six, Justice League, was the version that we shouldn't have got. Of course, we know the version that we should have got is the Snyder Cut, but we can't talk about that because we have no one, no one apart from what like Jason Momoa has seen it. I think he did a little interview, I want to say a couple of months ago, and someone I can't remember who it was with, like um, MTV or something, interviewed Jason Momoa, and they they were talking to him about the Snyder Cut, and uh, that the guy was interviewing of like, hey, hey, have you seen it? He's like, yeah, yeah, I've seen the Snyder Cut. And the guy sort of said to him, like, is it the finished version? And he gave this very kind of vague answer as to whether or not it was. But uh, obviously the only version available to public is the Joss Whedon version, uh, which has some of Snyder's stuff in there, but not enough of it. And uh, turned out to be a bit of a disappointment. So that's number six. Number five is going to be Man of Steel. Um, Just, I mean, I've not talked about this yet on the podcast. Um, I think I'm going to leave my mini reviews for Man of Steel and Batman Superman. I'll just kind of talk about them as I'm going through here. Um... It's like controversial kind of opinion. I think for the first like 45 minutes to an hour, nothing really happens in this film. I found it slightly boring. But once it kind of got kicked off and we actually saw, um, I was going to say Henry or Henry, Henry Cavill in the suit. Uh, once we saw, you know, Clark Kent uh, in the suit and everything, I think that's when the film actually kicks off a bit more. But it takes like an hour to get there. <laughs> 
So, because um, we had like a bunch of backstory and about, you know, what happened with the Krypton and that sort of thing. And I, ju- I just don't think that stuff was very entertaining, uh, to be honest. And that's like the first 45 minutes to an hour. There was, there was, it was either the first 45 minutes or the, or, or the hour mark where he actually comes out of this particular place. And he's finally got his Superman suit on. That's where I feel like the film actually kind of kicks on a bit. So, yeah, I, I had kind of middle expectations going in. It's a it's a good film, I suppose, once you get past that first hour and you finally see him in the Superman suit. But, uh, I don't know, it it kind of bored me a bit up until then, to be honest. I know some people are going to be you know disappointed that I've kind of said that, but uh, that's just my opinion. So, uh, number four is going to be Batman vs Superman. I did go ahead and watch the extended version uh, last weekend, the three-hour version. Uh, it is a better version of Batman vs Superman, and I'll, I'll 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 just kind of pinpoint something, all right? Uh, between Justice League and Batman vs Superman, which I think Man of Steel is in the middle of in terms of quality, there's a particular moment in Batman vs Superman I think that wins over for Justice League, which is the moment where you know Doomsday kind of comes out in his full form and all that. We don't really know where Superman's gone. He's kind of out in the whatever because um, he like pushed it, tried to push Doomsday out to space, didn't he? And kind of left him yeah. there. There's the moment where Batman is like trying to lead him to the. It was like that kryptonite kind of stick that he had. He was trying to kill Superman with. There's the bit where like he kind of crashes and he just crosses his arms because Doomsday is about to kill him. And the moment where Wonder Woman comes in, the theme kicks in, and she's just got her first kind of. Because we knew she was in the film, obviously, but that's her first kind of full appearance as Wonder Woman because we we saw her earlier in in different scenes as Diana. But just that as an entrance alone, I think beats the entirety of Justice League for me. Um, what would you kind of think of that? I think that well, I think that Justice League is a real shame because it's not the film that it could have been or should have been. Right. Yeah. Which the burden's out there. It's just not finished. So. It, it, yeah. Yeah. It was Justice League was a huge disappointment, and in my eyes, that really should have been DC's ace card. And uh, mm. I really thought that it was going to be the first film in the DC because Wonder Woman made made nearly eight hundred and fifty million dollars at the box office, yeah. and I really thought that was going to be a turning of the tide for the <coughs> DC. Um, but uh, Justice League massively underperformed. I, I think it's clear that a lot of people had kind of maybe lost faith in in the dc cinematic universe at that point and uh as for the snyder cut i mean i'd love to see it i i kind of feel like we're living in false hope at the moment though i have to admit Mm. um i know that warner brothers would probably have to invest more money in the film because there's a lot of shots that never never had the cg put in um so they'd have to actually spend more money on a film that didn't really do that well at the box office in the first place Mm. Yeah. So I'm just trying to look at it from a biz. I'd love to see it. I mean, I feel like much of Zack Snyder's vision was was lost. Joss Whedon came in, and I think pretty much all of the humour was was courtesy of Joss Whedon. It, it kind of felt like it was a D, uh, a DC film trying to be a Marvel film. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Much of the humour was forced, and yeah, for me personally, I, I agree. I think Batman v Superman was the better film. Even um, j- just that Wonder Woman moment alone is better than most of that Justice League film. To be honest, I think that's such a great entrance for her. Um, and in like you know, you don't quite know. You know, Superman's probably going to fly back any minute, but he's not on the screen. 
Batman's about to be killed. We know he's not going to get killed, but Batman's about to be killed or whatever, and you ju- you don't know what's going to kind of happen. Granted, the trailer kind of revealed some of that, but um, you know, it, it, I just think that was such a great moment. So, and kind of like I said, after watching the extended edition and seeing that moment again, it's even better on the second yeah. time. So, uh, number th- number three and number two for me are actually kind of tied, but obviously one has to go third and one has to go second because mass. Uh, number three is going to be Wonder Woman. I think it was a really great. Um, I was going to say introduction, but that came out after, didn't it? Uh, really kind of good, you know, full kind of fully fledged Wonder Woman film. I think Gal Gadot did uh, a really great job. I think she's really kind of cemented herself as Wonder Woman. Can't wait to see what they do with. Is it eighty four? The second one's nineteen eighty four. Eighty four, yeah. Yeah. In June. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was just trying to remember what the the year of the subtitle was, but uh, yeah, that's coming out in June. Really looking forward to that and. Uh, I, I kind of hope that with Wonder Woman we'll look back in like 10 or 20 years and go okay you know how some people look at like okay Robert Downey Jr. definitive Iron Man Hugh Jackman definitive kind of Wolverine I kind of hope that like will, will, will Gal Gadot be that for Wonder Woman or will we just get like a new one and we'll just have like a I, I don't know how that will kind of end up but uh, she could possibly be cemented that way i'm not sure but uh yeah i a great kind of you know um was that the first that no, wasn't the first female-led um superhero film because we did have like catwoman and stuff like that but uh and, yeah there was, um there was supergirl in 1984 yeah, as well yeah and there was Electra, of course in 2005 but yeah they yeah. they were all bad film wonder woman was the first good female superhero film yeah, we can put that that title on it. Um, so yeah, number three, number two, Shazam. Um, didn't go to see it at the cinema. Just had that kind of DC burnout. You know, just wasn't happy with Justice League, or wasn't you know wasn't happy with uh, you know Suicide Squad and some other stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, you know, wasn't the greatest fan of like Aquaman and what they what they kind of kind of did there and everything. And Shazam came out for some reason. They released wasn't Shazam released in between Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame? I remember seeing that at the time and thinking, why have you done that? Um, it was, it was. Uh, yeah, I I didn't quite understand that for the. It's not like it had to be. It's not like it was leading into into the next foot because like with Captain Marvel, you had to have that released before Endgame because it you know led into it and stuff. It introduced that character with Shazam. You didn't. You could have delayed that like a couple of months and got it. Got it. Just got it away from you know number one box office film uh, Endgame. And I don't understand why they did that. But anyway, um, yeah, went in with very kind of middle to low expectations and was really delighted and, and surprised in, in the best possible ways. I think the Zachary Levi is a really great uh, Shazam. I think the idea of that character is kind of just cool and fun. And I think it was really, for, for me, that's the film that kind of breathed a bit of new life into um, into DC. Because, you know, we'd had kind of the dark, gritty, you know, Batman v Superman and... Justice League and all sorts of films and Wonder Woman was like a more of a step in the right direction and then we'd had Aquaman sure it did great and all that but wasn't kind of my cup of tea and then Shazam came along and kind of I'd say cleaned things up a little bit maybe you know it, it was more my kind of cup of tea I think it was a you know put it pushing DC in a better direction all that sort of stuff and it was you know the light-hearted kind of film I think that they needed as well uh, number one, if you know, I've already kind of spoke about it recently. Recently reviewed the film. Number one for me is Birds of Prey. Uh, I know some some people have actually laughed at me online, which is if you want to do that, that's fine. You know, it's not gonna whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I, like I kind of said in in the spoiler free section of the podcast, I I look at that film and if you ask me, okay, where could you have improved it or made a better version? I just can't think of where that could necessarily have been. Um and uh, you know I don't mean to sound I don't mean to, to say that to sound like it's a perfect film or whatever it isn't it does have its problems 
just like every film does but uh i was thoroughly entertained it was really great to see harley quinn again really great to see Mar- margot robbie back really great to see new uh versions of black canary and huntress and some other characters as well great to see ian mcgregor as uh you know black mask to see him i believe for the first time on the big screen i don't recall seeing him before in too many films he's been in like the arkham games and some other stuff but uh really great to kind of see him as well and uh i love it so that is my rankings uh, i know some people can agree disagree that's completely fine. Um, Barry, what do you have roughly on your list? Uh, my rankings are uh, quite different. Um, I'd say the weakest I'd have to agree with, Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. I think Suicide Squad was a mess. It was kind of an entertaining mess, but it was <laughs> a mess all the same, uh, which is a real shame. It was a, a missed opportunity. I thought the marketing was great. I thought the trailers were great. Just unfortunately, the final product was um, it was all over the place. I feel like that film was hindered greatly by uh, all the reshoots it had. And uh, I have to be completely honest, I really like Jared Leto as an actor, but I really didn't like his incarnation of the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, hate's a strong word. I'm not going to say I hated it, but there was no lasting impression for me at all. Um, I don't really feel like the material he had anyway was very good. Um, the best thing to really come from that film was Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Yep. To be yep. quite honest, I um, But obviously, it was a big box office success. Didn't go well down, with, you know. Didn't go well down well with a lot of fans and critics and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it was a success. I think second place for me would have to uh, second from bottom would would probably have to be Justice League. And I kind of hate myself for saying that because you know I love the Justice League and I really wanted this film to be really good and. Um, I for me, it was probably the most disappointing of all the films in the DCEU. Um, I had pretty high hopes for this, and uh, I, I thought the best moment in the film was the post-credit scene. I'm a big Deathstroke <laughs> fan, and yeah, credit yeah. was awesome. I excuse me, I I nerdgasmed. I I I was like a little kid at Disney World when I saw Deathstroke in the post-credit scene. I mean, I enjoyed the film. I still enjoyed it. It had entertainment value, certainly. But yeah, um, yeah it's, it's it's just a shame, really. The film could have been so much more. And at mm-hmm. two hours, it's clear that so much content was was cut out. So yeah. much content. Mm-hmm. Uh, third from bottom. Oh, this is where it gets pretty tough for me. Um, I'm probably going to have to say, I'm going to have to say Aquaman here. Uh, I had fun with it. I thought Aquaman was, it was entertaining. It was fun. I mean, obviously it was a huge CG fest. It, you know, it, it had to be, um, I think Jason Momoa was perfectly fine in the role and it's, uh, you know, if Warner Brothers have done something here, that they've certainly done a good job of uh, popularising the character of Aquaman, thanks to Jason Momoa. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, as you know, Aquaman's a character that's been the subject of ridicule for decades now, and they want Aquaman to be a character that's taken seriously. And by casting someone like Jason Momoa, um, yeah. I, I liked it. Black Manta is a DC villain that I'm a fan of. I thought they did a pretty good job with Black Manta in the film. Um, I thought overall it was a, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was quite good. Um, but uh, again, I, I, I think the next, the next film would have to probably put there. Now, this is the one that causes a lot of controversy when I say this because I'd probably have to put Wonder Woman next. Um. 
I liked Wonder Woman. I thought it was really good, and it was finally good to see a, a you know a good female superhero film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just I didn't love it like so many other people did, um, but you know I really enjoyed it. And it's like you said, Gal Gadot. While I don't really rate her as an actress, she certainly kind of brings that physicality to the role, and she's very good in that role. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I thought it was certainly a step in the right direction for for, for the DCEU. And then I think next on the list would probably have to be. I'm probably you're, you're going to hate me for saying this. <laughs> I'm get, yeah. I think I'm probably going to have to say. No, no, actually, no. I'm going to say. Um, uh, I'm gonna say Shazam, and uh, yeah, the reason being, I thought Shazam was was great fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, like you said, it, it pretty much again kind of a step in the right direction for the DCU. It's a shame it didn't make more money at the box office. Yeah, again, probably because of when it came out, sandwiched in between two big Marvel films. It did. So. I think that did hinder the box office. Yeah, it certainly did hinder it somewhat. Um, you know, it's a real shame because I thought it was a really funny film. It was a good fun film, and the whole the whole idea, the whole notion of Shazam is very much about wish fulfillment. Yeah. It's kind of Tom Hanks big, you know, in a, in the mold of a superhero film. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was great fun. Next, I would have to say it's got to be Birds of Prey. I'm not actually missing any films out here, am I? No, yeah, Birds of Prey, which I don't get that hate. I thought it was really fun. It was really entertaining. And I think it's safe to say that, you know, Margot Robbie has cemented her role as Harvey Quinn. Um, like you said, much like Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, it's really hard to envision anyone other than Margot Robbie playing that role now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was. I thought the fight choreography was great. Uh, you know, obviously it's by the guy behind the John Wick franchise, so it kind of stands to reason. Um, I felt like, you know, most of the humour worked, the film actually had me laughing a lot from start to finish. I thought Ewan McGregor actually did a good job as the Black Mask, Roman Sionis. And yeah, it was it was his big screen debut. Uh, Black Mask is a, a Batman villain that's often underutilized. And um, I thought he did a good job. I mean, this was Harley Quinn's film. I mean, it, it basically yeah. only really becomes the birds of prey, you know, the last act of the film. But when they do team up and they do get together, it was it was great stuff. But this was definitely... This was Margot Robbie's movie, but with the screen time that they had, I especially liked Mary Winstead as Huntress. Huntress is a great character, and I'd love to see more done with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a shame it's not really doing that well at the box office. It's 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 a real shame. Yeah, yeah, massively underperforming. Um, this is where I feel conflicted now because my second favorite is a film that I was still hugely disappointed with. But there's a lot of aspects of the film that I do still appreciate, and that's BVS. Batman v Superman was probably the most excited I've ever been for a film, uh, to see the two most iconic superheroes in the history of popular culture on, on the big screen for the first time ever. Um, was a pretty big thing. That in itself is a huge selling point. Yeah, um, I liked the film. I wanted to love it, but there, there was there was too many issues that I had with it. Um, you know, I could be here all day talking, but but it's <laughs> uh, it it was a film that it was kind of rushed. It, it 
like me and you have spoken about it before, it, it was kind of it kind of lost focus, and it was more to kind of lay the groundwork for the Justice League. Yeah, you can certainly see that, like towards what they set up at the end and all that. Yeah. I thought Gal Gadot Wonder Woman was great with the screen time that she had, but I really felt like she didn't. They didn't need to have her in the film. Wonder Woman did not need to be in the movie. I just wanted it to be Batman and Superman. And uh, like I said, I think before this film, we should have got Man of Steel too. I think that we should have probably had a Ben Affleck Batman film <laughs> solo. Yeah. He actually established himself as Batman before jumping in with Superman. It kind of, like I said earlier, it kind of felt like they were putting all their eggs into one basket with that one movie. Um, it was it, it clearly drew inspiration from a lot of Zack Snyder is clearly a big DC comic fan. There was a lot of there was a lot of nods to to some great Batman, you know, great DC source material and whatnot. But uh, I think it was probably a little too dark and a little too deep and philosophical for for, for a lot of people. And on the entertainment factor, um, you know, it was it was probably a bit too. I mean, it did well. It did really well at the box office. But even then, you'd think Batman and Superman. Surely, them two guys on the big screen for the first time, that should easily make over a billion dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, it didn't. So, yeah, my, my number one <laughs> is obviously a film that you're not overly keen on. I really like it. Um, Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason being, I thought it was a, a really good origin story. I kind of get what you mean. You know, it, it's it's pretty slow paced to begin with and whatnot. Um, Henry Cavill was great in the role. I thought vis- visually it was fantastic. Um, you know, I think Zack Snyder as a director kind of struggles sometimes, to be honest, with balancing great visuals and good cohesive storytelling. I think Man of Steel was a film that does have a lot of flaws. But what I really liked with that movie, I mean, Hans Zimmer's score was 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 beautiful. It was fantastic, but. I liked the fact that it was kind of a very realistic depiction of what it would be like for an alien to be on Earth. This, this, he, he, he's conflicted in two minds. He has one parent telling him, "You have to be, you know, a god to these people, a hero." The other person is saying, "You know, live a normal life, etc." So he's very much in conflict with himself. Um, I really liked it, but I understand a lot of the criticism people had. You know, people were used to the Christopher Reeve Superman era of kind of hope, and this film was far darker, tonally a, a complete and utter contrast to the original films. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's one of that was one of the big criticisms I know a lot of people had. But um, I really liked Man of Steel. Um, I thought it was a good start. I thought it was a good start to the. It's just a shame. It's a shame where I don't think we're ever going to see Superman again. I don't, to be honest. No, I don't think so. And um, uh, so, yeah. Go, do you on. think that we should have had a Man of Steel two and a Batman before BVS? Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that was probably the idea, wasn't it? Because to be honest, like the, the whole, I'll just say like Snyderverse for lack of better term or whatever um that we were going to get you know the actual snyder cut of justice league man is still two the solo ben affleck film all that is gone and that was supposed to be the original kind of vision wasn't it uh but it, yeah. it, it just didn't work out uh because all the problems with justice league and everything so it's a shame uh it's a universe we won't quite ever get i don't know if we'll ever get like a full version of the snyder cut or or, or what will happen but uh 
yeah, we certainly won't. It, 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 there's, there's obviously more of a chance that we'll get the Snyder Cut than there is of us getting, obviously, the solo Batfleck film because he's just not going to do Batman anymore, obviously. But, you know, we've got the Batman to look forward to. Uh, I think it's going to be a very long time before we just see the Justice League because we don't actually have a Superman right now. Um, I hope the Flash film is good because, you know, he's gone through... I lost count of how many directors... Yeah. Um, you know, I hope Wonder Woman, I'll just say Wonder Woman 2, Wonder, Wonder Woman 84, I hope that that's really good. I uh, really enjoyed Birds of Prey, hopefully I see those characters again. Um, and, you know, enjoyed Shazam, so I hope that Shazam 2 is good. I don't know too much about Black Adam, but we'll obviously wait for that to come out and everything. But uh, th- there's some there's some good pickings, I'll say, out of that particular group. Um, I, I do think that... James Gunn is probably going to give us the Suicide Squad version, not maybe the version that was intended, but may, like a much better his his much better version of a uh, Suicide Squad because I just can't envision a, a version of his film that's actually worse than the one that we got. Uh, I just can't see him as a director doing that. I mean, if Guardians of the Galaxy is any indication, he's great at bringing like a lesser known, smaller group to the big screen. So I think he's going to do it again. So, and we'll find out uh, next year. I think that's August next year, isn't it? Uh, so uh, that, I Suicide Squad. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is August. Um, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping he does for Suicide Squad what he did for Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I've mm-hmm. been reading Suicide Squad comics for years now, and the thing is with Suicide Squad is he's trying to hark back to the golden age of Suicide Suicide Squad, where there's kind of a lot of yeah lesser known characters who are pretty much disposable. So I would actually go out on a limb here and say this film's going to have a body count to it. Yeah. I think there's quite characters in this film that are going to get killed off because it was that air of unpredictability that the old Suicide Squad comics had. You never knew who was going to get killed next. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty excited for it. I'm really excited for it. I'm excited to see Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn again and. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not because I've not looked at the entire cast list. I'm not actually sure what so I know that uh, Jai Courtney's back as Captain Boomerang, mm-hmm. who I felt was kind of underutilized in the 2016 film. He didn't really do he was kind of comedy relief. He didn't really have much to do in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, from what I know, unless you know otherwise, um, Deadshot's not in the film, is he? I'm not sure, actually, to be honest. Uh, I've not quite kept like a close eye on, on that cast list, but uh, we'll see what uh, James Gunn does, I suppose. I know Idris Elba's in the film, but I, I, maybe he's playing Deadshot? I'm not quite sure on that, to be to be completely honest. So, I think, um, I think Idris Elba, um, I know there were rumours, Bronze Tiger has been a Suicide Squad member. I'd love to see him, but I'm not sure, because the thing is with Deadshot, he's very much a core member of the Suicide Squad. You know, has been. Yeah. Yeah, he was a Suicide Squad member way before Harley Quinn was even created. Um, but I don't. I, I've got a feeling that he's actually absent of the film, so it kind of feel a bit weird seeing a Suicide Squad without Deadshot. But I know John Cena is there. Uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, they're, they're, I'm not sure who Cena is playing, but uh, yeah, well, le- less said about that. I mean, I don't know how he's not won an Oscar yet, but you know, sarcasm. <laughs> right. Uh, cool. Um, that's about what I wanted to say for uh, DC. We've talked about you know future films. We've done our rankings. We talked at length about the Batman. We I wanted I wanted us to highlight the Batman because that's the, that's the one we're most looking forward to. We're looking forward to seeing Batman back on the big screen. Um, 
you know we have we have all this casting stuff and we just i really do like the fact that we got that little look before this podcast because that's that's the one thing i kind of talked to you about is like it would be great to have not like a trailer or like a full look just a little something to discuss with obviously the suit and stuff so i'm glad that happened as well um i think what i want to do now is if we talk about the stranger briefly just give some kind of is it good is it bad why a little bit of that and then finish off on uh, horror because i think we'll, we'll probably be talking about horror a little bit longer than we will the stranger um so i'll go first uh so the stranger on netflix um it's got is it eight episodes i'm pretty sure they're about 45 50 yeah about 45 50 minutes each so not too long not too short kind of thing um i've seen i think it's three episodes uh so far i wanted some i wanted to make sure i watched the first two episodes uh just to kind of get a feel of of what it was going to be as i kind of said to you a couple of days ago netflix is very good at doing and this helps with the binge model that's a specific reason as to why they're good at doing it these kinds of shows that have like this this overarching kind of mystery um and have this what i'd like to call you know m- momentum basically you get like you know a little cliffhanger at the end of the episode you can go into the next one get some stuff revealed you get cliffhangers during the episode and it is helped through the binge model because if you know you know if you finish an episode and you've got time for the next one you finish on a cliffhanger you want to keep that momentum kind of going and i think strange is another one of the another one to uh kind of add to the pile that's good for that uh, on Netflix. Another one, if 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 any of you want any shows that are like similar, I'd recommend Dead to Me on Netflix. That's actually a lot shorter. It's eight episodes. I believe they're about half an hour each, uh, which I reviewed last year. Uh, another great show, which is coming back soonish for season two, possibly this year. We shall see. But uh, yeah, this stars the. I didn't write down her name or or look it up, unfortunately. But the same woman who plays is it was she Ghost in uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. I'm sure that it was that character. She was like the 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 uh, villain of the film. Uh, it's that same actress. She was also the lead in uh, Killjoys on Sci-Fi as well. Uh, she is, I'd say, well, the actual stranger in the show. She does a fairly good job. She's in it when she kind of needs to be. Um, obviously, she shows up in that particular scene at the start with the at the bar or whatever when they're they're doing that football stuff. Um, but uh, overall, I think it's good. I'm going to continue with it. I'm going to be interested to see, you know, how they, you know, where they go with things, how many seasons, something like that could maybe last. Because there's, you know, somewhat a limited time frame you could put on a show like that. This isn't something that's going to have like multi-season arcs or whatever. But uh, we'll see how we'll see how like far down the rabbit hole things go and how much this kind of group that they're hinting at maybe could uh like how sort of deep that is and what that's going to kind of lead to so um any brief thoughts on the stranger i know you watched a couple of episodes as well yeah i've um i've only watched the first two episodes uh okay. that's going back a few days now but yes um i really i really liked it from what i saw of it it's a show that obviously has uh yeah there's there's a good era of mystery there mm-hmm. um it actually yeah. does deal with some some pretty dark themes but also, it's quite comedic in places as well. It doesn't take itself too seriously at times. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna carry on with it certainly. Uh, yeah, it's like you said, it's it's eight episodes. I, I firmly believe, yeah, it's just a one off a one off series. Mm. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good from what I've seen of it. Okay, I'm just looking up how many episodes I've actually seen. I'm just loading. Yeah, episode three is my next episode, so I've seen the first two as well. Um, yeah, it's great. Would you recommend people go and see it? Or go go and see it. Watch it at home, rather. <laughs> I would definitely. And um, I, can I also just throwing another TV show that I could recommend? Um, sure. Mind, Mind Hunter. Mm, on yeah. 
which is a great series, uh, two seasons. It's basically about the uh, the inception, the birth of FBI criminal profiling in the 1970s that actually deals with real-life serial killers. These men actually studied these killers. Um, unfortunately, two great seasons, very well-received. Um, David Fincher is at the helm, you know, one of the best directors working in Hollywood right now. Films like, you know, Fight Club 7, Gone Girl, etc. Um, unfortunately, though, we don't actually know if the third season's going to happen. But I recommend it to anyone that loves true crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen the first two episodes. I was, I was quite impressed. Um, I will be going back to it and finishing it. I just I just haven't yet. But uh, I did do a little uh, segment on it. If those of you want to search for, uh, well, Mindhunter on the website you can uh, find that as well so it's probably a little like 10 20 minutes sort of spoiler free segment just on the first two episodes my uh, impressions so um yeah you know we'd recommend uh, you know to just add i think three to the pile you said mindhunter obviously the stranger which we're talking about and uh, dead to me as well all of which are on netflix so it's great um yeah, uh, let's move on then to talk about uh, horror. Uh, we don't have anything specific written down, but what I wanted to kind of do is uh, not like a top five best, whatever. We can do that at a different date. Uh, just name name me some of your favourite horror films, um, perhaps. Okay, uh, ooh, where do I start? Uh, the 1978, the original Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very, very much, you know, put John Carpenter on the map. Um that movie essentially gave birth to the slasher genre. Um, it was certainly the commercial success of that film that basically kick-started the whole slasher genre. Um, Night of the Living Dead, which is, you know, the 1968 original, that's like the granddaddy of zombie films. I mean, George A. Romero essentially, essentially set the template for all zombie films to follow in that film. Uh, I loved some of the earlier works, the psychological horror films of uh, Roman Polanski, films like Repulsion and Rosemary's Baby. Uh, 1922 Nosferatu, which is the granddaddy of vampire films, the very first vampire film ever made. Uh, we're talking more modern. Um, a, a horror movie that impressed me that I watched a little while ago was Hereditary. Oh, I like that uh, one, yeah. Yeah, uh, The Witch in 2015. Like I said, it was directed by Egger that recently directed The Lighthouse. Again, quite a psych- a very slow-burning psychological horror film. Um, it's not a film that relies on jump scares or anything like that. It's really the tone and the atmosphere of the film that it's is its strongest asset. Um, I quite liked It Follows. I thought It Follows was quite, quite an original concept. Um, and a lot of these films as well that I've just mentioned are are basically standalone horror films that there are no sequels. They just kind of stand on their own two feet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought 70s and 80s were two great decades for horror, so I love films like An American Werewolf in London, The Dead, um, obviously Dawn of the Dead, Romero's. Um, but, I mean, the list, yeah, the list, the list goes on, really. The Exorcist... Uh, I, I, one film, it, it's not a horror movie per se, but one film I really do like, and I find it very creepy. It's called Magic, and it was released in 78, and it stars Anthony Hopkins about a ventriloquist and his dummy who he believes is alive. Uh, it's very much kind of a psychological thriller. Uh, movies like that tend to kind of get under my skin as opposed to, you know, just jump scares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Original Nightmare on Elm Street, 
in 84, I felt like Wes Craven injected a degree of originality into the slasher genre with that film. Um, I, w- I won't go on all night. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's there's loads. Um, from, from pretty much every decade from the 1920s. I love the old universal horror films as well, like Dracula, Frankenstein, The Wolfman. You know, that was very much kind of the golden age of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some of my favourites, I really like Hush, which you can find on Netflix. It's not a Netflix original, it's just on there if you want to go and watch it. Uh, really like that, really like the, uh, you said you saw that as well. Just this woman who's kind of in this, is it, it's like a remote home, isn't it? She's like out on, out in this, like out in the middle of nowhere sort of thing. Um, and obviously she she's deaf and, and stuff like that and she gets this, you know, home invader and uh, things basically go from there. Um, and there's a particular thing that the, the, I say the killer does, which, um, I say put, I'll, I'll just say puts more boundaries on that character. I thought that was a really good film, really quite enjoyed that. And I don't think that's too long either. It's like an hour and something. So that's quite accessible. Uh, Would You Rather, I thought was quite a good film. And why, why I quite enjoyed with that one was... It's ba- I think it was basically about this this group of people. That one's I think on Netflix as well. Um, it's this about this group of people who were invited to do this like game kind of thing at this house, and you know there's financial benefits to it and all that, and they all have their different reasons for needing or wanting the money uh, for, for, from different characters. Um, and j- just the slow way it kind of builds up from like, would you rather do this or that? And then it turns into like, would you rather stab this person or stab this person or whatever? And, uh, the way it kind of builds up and builds up, I thought that was really good. Um, I, I don't really think there's a controversial opinion, just a one that's a bit more or less popular. Um, the, some of the paranormal activity films, especially the first one, which is arguably probably the best of the, of those bunch. I really, I really like that, you know, the, the found footage kind of, uh, films as well. And that was... Um, obviously not the first one that was made but the first one I probably discovered uh, outside of maybe things like Cloverfield or really like those sorts of films um, I was so excited when uh, Clo- um, Cloverfield uh, Paradox came out on Netflix lots of people really really hated it but uh, I quite enjoyed that uh, hopefully that gives a proper sequel one day because I think Abraham's Abrams Abraham's JJ Abrams um, has got like a sequel planned or something but uh, it's just not kind of ready yet uh, I like that little kind of universe they've built there. You know, you've got, uh, um, I think it's called 12 Cloverfield Lane, the second one, the one that's with um, John... John Goodman. John Goodman, that's it. Yeah, I almost said John Barrowman, which would be a completely different person. Uh, yeah, with him in there, and uh, that's kind of this more kind of iso- isolated kind of uh, film within that little franchise. I thought that was great as well. And just to point, just to sit on Paranormal Activity for a minute, the fact that, because I, I actually lost track of how many there were. I think there were seven or eight of them. I remember when the last one was coming out, and they said, okay, this is going to be the last one. You know, we're, we're wrapping up this film franchise. It's going to give you the answers. And, uh, you know, you know, thanks to all the fans for watching all that sort of stuff. And it ended on a cliffhanger. And I remember, th- I remember watching it at the time, because I did watch it on DVD or, or something. And I remember checking the... Um, time that was left on the film I was like this must be coming towards the end there was about 10 minutes left and there was a scene that was happening and I just had this realization as I was watching the film of like you're not wrapping this up are you and they they didn't and they left on a big cliffhanger Uh, I believe there's a reboot or like a continuation plan for like 2021 or something and uh, it's not even in terms of like I want a new panel activity I want answers 
uh, in terms of like, okay, well, why, for, like, you know, answers to the cliffhanger, answers to the questions that were left even before that, because um, it's just a bit, it's just a bit kind of annoying when, you know, the person who makes the film says this is going to wrap it up and give you answers, and it actually does the complete opposite, so I just, you know, in terms of wanting any kind of new paranormal activity, I just want answers, basically, for uh, what was, what the, the questions that were left and everything, so if there's, if there's one particular reason I'm excited for that film, just to see where they're going to take the story next and they haven't even said that that's going to be the last one so there might even be more after that who knows so uh, obviously it will depend on box office and that, box office and that sort of thing uh scream i really like that as a franchise i liked the uh the mtv and the, the vh1 versions of those i know those weren't quite so popular and all that sort of thing and uh we're getting i think a scream 5 at some point i i do like uh, the sla- slasher genre is probably one of my more favorites within the the horror genre just this idea of like okay you got a group of people you got this killer or it might be one of the the friends or whatever that's getting revenge for a particular reason and then you just you just introduce the game of survival um of like how are people going to get away what are they going to do to get away uh what's the killer going to try and do in terms of like capturing these people and everything and you know, ultimately, who's going to live and who's going to die by the end of it? Uh, it's quite—it's just quite a nice basic concept at the end of the day, isn't it? So, uh, I quite like that. So, those are those are some of my favourite uh, horror films. There's not too many that come to mind that I'm not really thinking about, uh, like maybe some that I'm forgetting or whatever. So, um, yeah, anything else you want to kind of discuss with horror? Because I, I, I just for for the horror section, I just wanted to kind of go through like some of our favourites and like why that sort of thing, just as like a brief kind of discussion on that. Yeah, I was going to say I love Scream. Scream, I mean, that mm. film essentially revived the slasher genre. It didn't just revive it, it reinvented it as well. Yeah. I mean, that film, um, you know, it, 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 Riley, in a way, mocking, mocks the genre to the point of it celebrates it, but at the same time, it, it very much plays on the conventions, the rules that everyone's accustomed to of that genre. Mm-hmm. I thought Kevin Williamson that wrote the screenplay, it was a hell of a script, hell of a screenplay that he wrote for that film. Um, it's a shame, really, because Screen 4 was actually an improvement on Screen 3, I felt. But the problem is Screen 4 was actually, um, it was the only Scream film in the franchise to actually make less than $100 million. Um, it ma- It still did okay at the box office. It just didn't make as much money as what they'd have hoped. And Wes Craven, with him passing away in 2015, mm. uh, the franchise is very much in limbo. Uh, now, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I love the Scream franchise as a whole. I'd be, I'd be quite happy to just not see another Scream film. Um it's like I said, I mean, the thing is with Kevin Williamson, he wrote the screenplay for a whole new trilogy. He actually wrote screenplays for Screen 4, Screen 5 and Screen 6. But with Wes Craven passing away, it's no director has picked it up. The studio haven't. There's all There's been talks of it um, on and off now for the last few years, whether we're going to be getting a Screen 5. And even Nev Campbell has said that she'd like to return to it and so forth. But yeah. uh, I, I kind of, in a way... Not to sound harsh or anything, I actually wanted, sorry if if this is a spoiler alert, because I don't know if everyone's seen the first four films, but um, I was kind of hoping they would have killed off one of the three main characters. Okay. uh, Yeah, I wanted them to take a risk. I wanted to take them a big risk, um, but obviously... Yeah, I mean, David Arquette's too. He's got more lives than a cat, and he. I mean, his, uh, <laughs> the thing is, in the first screen, I'm not sure if you know, but he was originally going to get killed off, but he proved to be a popular character that they actually had him survive the film, but he was initially going to get killed off in that movie. Um, 
I'm not really um not really a big fan of paranormal activity myself. I do like I do like the first one that. I just um, want answers. I <laughs> yeah, I, I I just want answers for uh, paranormal activity at the oh, end yeah. of the day. So <laughs> <laughs> there's six films isn't there? there's actually six films in the franchise it's either and six seven or eight i honestly lost track myself so yeah, it's, it's six because it was apparently ghost dimension was the fifth one but there was actually a spin-off that came out before that called paranormal activity the marked ones yeah yeah that's that's the one that i haven't seen um okay. but it does, it does think... connect to the uh the main story um but it's you know most of it's a, a separate kind of spin-off sort of thing. It's, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because Paranormal Activity Four is uh, is the first true sequel because two and three are actually prequels, aren't they? They're actually set before the first yeah. film. Pre- two is like a prequel and a sequel in a little way. Three is a complete prequel where it goes back to like uh, I think it's Kate's nan or whatever, um, and that whole family thing. And then four, yeah, it does actually take place all of it after the first one. So. Yeah. And it's still, the, I think it's still the record holder, you know. The first Paranormal Activity is still the most profitable film of all time. Um, it, it, it took the crown away from the Blair Witch Project. I mean, that's the film that essentially... Do you mean, gave... do you mean for horror, horror films? <laughs> What's that? Is that? Do you mean uh, most proper, profitable oh, no, no, for, for horror all, films? All, all genres, all genres. Yeah, yeah, Paranormal Activity in 2007, when it came out, it actually did become... I mean, it prob- the record's probably been broken now, so, you know, it's nearly right. 13 years right. later. Um, but, yeah, Blair Witch Project was actually the record holder because, obviously, that was made on a shoestring budget, and that was hugely successful at the box office. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really thanks largely to great marketing. I mean, a lot of people back in 99, when that came out, a lot of people went to the cinema thinking what they were watching was was real genuine footage um and you know i'll be honest the blair witch project is a film i really appreciate because it's a mm-hmm. film that, admittedly it's lost a lot of its power now because we know it's not real etc but you know when it came out it's got a level of authenticity to it that film it mm-hmm. kind of felt that you were actually watching real people in a real situation nothing felt scripted yeah, you know, there's no jump scares, there's no special effects in the film, and I really kind of appreciate the film for what it was. But then, of course, it opened the floodgates for for, for countless found footage films to 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 follow. Some of which are very good, and that, that's one thing. There's a lot of good found footage films out there that have kind of flew under the radar and have, have barely got any attention over the years. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are actually going to have to wrap things up. Uh, here for today but uh, I really like what we've done with this podcast uh, Barry thank you for joining me um, today hopefully we oh, obviously we've got other other podcasts uh, planned to do you're not just like a guest of entertainment talk you are I am going to kind of list you as a, as a co-host for entertainment talk because we, we've already discussed uh, certain other podcasts that we want to do um, we haven't nailed down any dates or anything so uh, we'll let you know soon when Barry is going to return uh, hopefully you all enjoyed listening to me and Barry talk about you know DC the stranger and uh, some horror stuff. Uh, what do you think of the current situation of DC? Are you watching The Stranger? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? Why and why not? Um, and what's some of your favourite horror stuff? Let us know. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, and are you excited for the Batman, the casting? Let us know everything uh, about everything that we've already discussed as well. Um, Barry, thank you for joining me today. You're more than welcome. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, uh, I think you did a really good job on on your first podcast. Um, I liked a lot of a lot of the things yeah. that we. Sorry. 
I've popped my podcast cherry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. But yeah, thank you very much for uh, for joining me today, and uh, we'll be we'll be back soon with Barry. Um, of course, if you do want to find all the rest of the content that we've got, there's plenty of it, and uh, plenty more to come. Of course, like I said, next week the Walking Dead and Better Call Soul come back, so me and David are going to be covering those. Uh, of course, you can find everything that we've got on EntertainmentTalk.org. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk. Uh, we're on Patreon. Please check out the one dollar and three dollar levels here for different review and ad free podcast options. Uh, Amazon affiliate link. If you're shopping on Amazon, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. So you can use the affiliate link as well. iTunes feeds. Please rate, review, and subscribe to those that would help us out as well um of course word of mouth please tell your friends family people that you know about the website and your itunes feeds social media you can share them on facebook and twitter and if you're allowed to put them in different facebook groups uh last thing video games if you want to watch us play different video games me and david stream on twitch robert streams on mixer and look out for let's play sundays as well thanks for listening and we will see you next time goodbye